Hey guys, welcome to uh, episode 85 of the Last Set Podcast. Um, I didn't know we'd done 85 Oh shit, so when you said that, I was like, wow, really? That many? Yeah, I mean, when I go on the Apple Podcast, it says 85, but I don't know if we've done, it feels like we've done a lot more than that. Yeah, there were a couple of, yeah, I think we've done more than that, but... 80, 85, like, audio-wise, I think. We are, like, not super, super close, but we're getting closer to that 100th episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do when we hit 100 episodes, man? We got to do something. Uh, <laughs> what do people do? For, like, I know um, the guys we know, they they, they did uh, the For a Laugh podcast. They went dressed up in suits and things like that. I don't know. We got to do something different. We got to do something for the 100. I don't know. I don't know what we'd do. Uh, we'll let the viewers decide. What do you think we should do for a 100 episode? Yeah. We've got to do something cool. I'll chuck that in the description and just say... What do you guys want us to do in that? Maybe check out on our Instagram as well. What do you want us to do for our 100th episode? Oh, maybe. Just when we get nice and close, around 95, we put that out there and then set something up. Yeah. Well, we're only 15 episodes out, so that's only like a few weeks away or ba- probably by the end of next month. And then we'll mm. see what happens. But, but oh, speaking of which, we both turn 23 next next month. No. 20. You're going to be turned 20? I will, but not next, no, next Sorry, month. Sorry, um, September. You're in October. I'm September. October. You're October, but you're October the... 12th. Yeah, you're not far off the 100 episodes, so... No. What is it, an episode of your birthday? No. <laughs> that's your birthday that's party. My birth, that's my birthday time. We just get pissed and do an episode. Yeah, yeah, because you get pissed, don't you? You, uh, no. you, don't, get, you don't get pissed. <laughs> you don't get, actually, though, you did drink for, for once. Well, it's rare, man. Like, um, what is the thing when when you're when you're someone who trains a lot and you, you have a drink, the effect is so much higher, but it doesn't stay in the system for as long. That's mm. why that's what I've been told. So that's why so many athletes are lightweights because as soon as they have the first beer, they're like, "Oh shit, fuck!" All right. I don't know because usually, like, if you're a lot heavier, you should be able to cont- like have a lot more drink because you know your metabolism is a lot. Qu- but then your metabolism is a lot quicker, so it should be out of your system a little yeah. bit quicker as well. So, you know, um, but you have no tolerance for for it. So usually you have no tolerance just because you don't drink. Yeah, usually the ones that do have the tolerance are, you know, your, your fucking big beer gut guys and things shit like that, and they're the ones that can handle it because they do it routinely. But they will never look like someone that's in the gym because it's impossible. The amount of calories in in alcohol you just can't beat it. There's like. Unless you run a triathlon a day or something like that, and you're burning a serious amount of calories, like thousands of calories, you'll never beat that. Especially the day drinkings, like the ones that come home from work and they'll have they have a few beers in the kitchen, two beers, three beers, six beers. They're having that every day. Fuck no, Fuck you'll that, never no. beat that. You'll no, never we'll beat that, and no one will ever be even like motivated enough to continue to burn off that amount of calories rather than just be like, I think I'll just give up the drink. Unless you're an Andre the Giant type of person yeah 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 oh, that, that guy used to sl- smash the piss <laughs> he used to smash <laughs> it. <laughs> he smash. I know, but, but like you saw when andre the giant would drink like he would have like a normal normal sized beer can next to his hand and it looked like a little baby teacup yeah next to that and he would just smash those back literally one sip would be the whole can yeah, he drank a serious amount. I, I can't remember because I, I just want to. Well, one thing I remember what he used to do was he used to fucking, when he was on the set of a movie, he used to bring him his own little personal barrel 
yeah, legit like a barrel, and they just pour all this alcohol into it, and he and it'd be so potent he just sipped that like it was nothing. Um. So, Andre once admitted to David Letterman that he consumed 119 12 ounce beers in a single setting. However, former wrestler Mike Graham stated that Andre actually reached 156 beers in one setting. Holy, sh- holy shit! 156, 156 beers. beers. Fuck. This bladder must be huge. He must be going to the pit. Like well, he was legit a giant. He was over seven foot tall. He didn't live that long, did he? he? No, he died because the problem... Um, I can't remember how old he was when he died. But the thing is, when you're that massive, you have all kinds of uh, blood problems because your heart physically is not big enough to pump blood around the whole body. Mm. He also wasn't even like this. He wasn't really in the best physical shape. No. Obviously, especially if you drink that much. He was strong and muscular, but there was a lot of... Issues cardiovascularly, obviously, <laughs> and obviously, if you're like genetically speaking, you're going to have heart problems. Um, now he died when he was 46, so quite young. That is young, to die, really. quite quite young, especially since he died in 1993. But the fact that he can consume that many single beers in a sitting—that's probably more beers than I consume in your mm. lifetime. I was going to say, yeah, at least in at least a decade. Yeah, only have. I mean, how many few? We only have a few every year, you know. Yeah, but. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, Sean Strickland and Uriah Hall. What were your thoughts, man? I was very, very surprised. Yeah, I should probably get back on the topic. Of yeah, <laughs> of Evan May rather than Andre the Giant. Um, I it was a big surprise to me because I always felt that Uriah Hall, one of the most gifted MMA athletes there was physically, just mm-hmm. mentally, it was just like a deficit. When you see someone like Izzy or a Kamara Usman, let's bring up Kamara Usman. Um, Kamara Usman, incredibly physically gifted, mm-hmm. right? Mentally gifted too. Mm-hmm. And the ones that get both, like uh, like elite level f- like mentality and e- elite level physical, like the, when they have those both at- attributes, they're champions. And I think that's what's always missed from Uriah Hall. He just doesn't have that mental edge. I don't know. So He's so gifted, but... When you put the pressure on him like Strickland did, when you put him on the back foot and he doesn't get his engine started, especially in that first round, popping that jab in it, it really hinders him. It just stops. Like, your eye hole needs to get his engine going. Mm. And he, he's, he's a little bit of a late starter, right? Um, but he's like, he needs to... He needs... He kind of he doesn't deal with well with pressure. No. Because when he's against these pressure fighters that aren't knocking him out, but they're... You know, they're putting a lot of pressure on moving forward, controlling the octagon, right? Especially in that first round. If Uri doesn't win that first round and he and he doesn't uh, get confidence off these exchanges, right? He becomes a bit erratic in some of his exchanges further. And, and he becomes quite timid in others. Yeah. He becomes really timid and then later in the rounds when his coaches will push him, then these exchanges where he's, bringing up the tempo a little bit. They're very forced and telegraph shot. So um, honestly, I thought Uri was going to win. Me Be- too. Because I, I, I just I think Uri's resume speaks for itself and the people he's lost to are some of the very, very best. So I, I expected Strickland to be more easily hit uh, with Uriah. Strickland's cardio really impressed me. His yeah. pace really impressed me. I think the best thing about Strickland was his cardio. Because he was able to build a p- pace on him, and he, his ass never hit the stool, you know. Um, and you with Uriah, he's just 
just struggles to get going, bro. Yeah. He just so, like uh, I think he got round two. Yeah, I think I think he got round two, round one, uh, three, four, Strickland. and five. It was all Strickland. Yeah, because right off the first round, Strickland just was constantly, constantly popping that jab. He's got that flat foot boxing that you all, that we talk about a fair bit. I it's not like it. I, Pardon me. I wanted Hall to win just because he he is like a nice matchup. I think Strickland's just made to be hit with that. He's like got long. He's got really long arms. For yeah. Like, for the, like, it's just weird. Yeah. It's just even uh, Rahul's corner was saying to him, oh, "Hey man, don't just walk into that jab. He's just gonna get you." And because in the first round he threw 129 significant strikes, and that yeah, so Sean was. He had a he definitely had a massive a massive output and he just turned into looked like a pretty much a boxing match for the first uh, mm. for the first round. And then what really set Uriah going was the uh, was when he got cup shot in the uh, second round mm. and then you know when you get a cup shot you get pretty much like a minute of recovery time roughly give or take and then you that's when Uriah got up and started going more wild and started throwing uh, his kicks. Especially a spinning back kick towards uh, Strickland that sort of just bounced off. And then he just kept using his leg kicks from there because he noticed he was using the flat foot. But I agree with you on the second round going to Uriah. But, Uriah. but then again, rounds three, Sean's, uh, Sean's wrestling just came into play. Mm-hmm. And then he just pretty much... La- there was a point where he landed a few stop shots that get had him against the cage and just constantly plumbing on him, plummeting on him, took him to the ground. Then he had his back at one point by the end of the third mm-hmm. round, just kept whacking him in the back. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, whacking him in the chin. And then come the fourth round, and then there was a point where Sean even wobbled Uriah. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I just thought, okay, I don't, f- I can't see. Unless Uriah knocks him out, I can't see him coming back from this. In, in that fourth round, I thought it was more than just her. I thought he actually damaged something mm-hmm. when he got, because he got rocked. Then Strickland took him down, and it was later, later on. I thought some because he was wincing in pain. I thought Uriah had been hurt in some other form. Um, but look, well done to Sean Strickland. He's a bit of a weird dude, to be honest. Yeah, he said uh, he said a few weird stuff at the end. He he, he said, "Oh, probably not someone that you'd want as UFC champion." You know, I wouldn't be too fast if I killed someone in the in the octagon and things like that. He's a wild man. He's a wild dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's done very well. He's done really, really well. So I expect him to climb the rankings quite quickly. Well, Sean's 11 and Uriah's 8. So I'm guessing they're waiting to switch that around. But I'll tell you one person who I'd love to fight, uh, Sean. Uh, what's his name? Darren Till. That's a good uh, fight. I would love to see them too next. Just yeah. I just wanted because Darren Till was who was he supposed to fight? Uh Vittori? Vittori. Vittori was it? And then he broke his collarbone. Collarbone, yeah. Yeah, so now he's waiting to come back from that. And yeah, since you know Sean Strickland's already beaten Uriah, that's lets him climb up. I can't really see him fighting Kelvin Gastelum. Kinda can't really see him fighting Jack Manson because Jack Manson's fought not that long ago. Mm. So I do see Darren Till, especially considering he hasn't fought for quite some time. But Darren Till's going to fight Derek Brunson. Yeah. Oh, when? Soon. Soon, okay. So um, I, I'm thinking Sean Strickland and maybe in the future like a Jacket Manson or a Darren Till. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelvin Gaston's going to fight soon. Um, not this week or the week after. So maybe like an Edmund Shabazian maybe. 
That'd be an interesting, that interesting one. That's a different kind of striking, like a more flat-footed style versus a very uh, unique kickboxing style from Edmund Shabazian. So, no, I, I don't know. I think maybe with Sean, Sean should fight one of them, and then Uriah maybe. I don't know. He's getting up there. Was it when he fought? It was his thirty-seventh birthday. So that you know, that's an old competitor if, if in the middleweight division. Um, I still say if he's coming off his two-fight win streak and then he lost to Sean, he's still up there. Mm. He still is. I wouldn't mind seeing him maybe rematch Chris Weidman if Chris Weidman fixes his leg because I know that he went into a second surgery to fix his leg now. What was wrong with the first surgery? It wasn't healing properly. Wasn't the bone healing. wasn't healing properly. Oh, no. wow. And uh, most likely he's got a similar surgery to Connor with a titanium um, rod through there with with screws in the in the bottom mm-hmm. um i uh i think that mainly that surgery is just to clean up any infection or anything like that and have a look and and see why if there's any possible reasons why it hasn't been healing properly but i think maybe a brad tavares or a chris white would, would be a good idea even yeah even a kevin holland or something like that mm. um interesting news for for bellator bellator has had a you know, a, a huge amount of popularity in the in the last couple of years, but the the main thing was the 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 biggest star in Bellator was essentially Patricio Pitbull, mm-hmm. um, two two division champion in one forty five one fifty five pounds, and um, and another big star was AJ McKee. They just fought on the weekend. AJ is undefeated, uh, and after his win against Patricio Pitbull, he still continued to be undefeated. He did very, very well. So we know McKee's very good uh, in terms of submissions and things like that. He's good on the feet as well. Um, and we saw that, you know, during their fight, only lasted maybe the first two minutes of the first round, but, you know, basically Pitbull and McKee were just trading leg kicks and things like that, kind of finding rage moving back and forth. Um, and basically McKee, uh, you know, went for, a, went for a high kick, caught Pitbull, Pitbull got stumbled, rocked him, uh, basically just poured on the pressure uh, up against the cage. Pitbull um, fell down. Obviously, you know, even more wobbled than before. Pitbull jumps back up. McKee goes for the guillotine, as he usually does. He's, he's got a very good guillotine, a very tight, and uh, he cinched it up and then in, in to make it even tighter because Pitbull was trying to put, you know, both, one, uh, both hands on one in order to make sure he could get his head out. He then need Pitbull. And then he saw his opportunity. As soon as he need Pitbull, and it was a solid brutal knee as well in the bread basket, mm-hmm. um, locked it in and submitted Pitbull. And Pitbull didn't tap, but you could see he was trying to fight the hands and then his hand dropped and Pitbull didn't say anything. He didn't um, argue against the, the decision by the ref, but he uh, essentially, it was very interesting for Bellator because they've now, Pitbull was just, just this unstoppable force. Like he want with the 145 and 155 pound belts, like he's just unstoppable, honestly. You know, everyone was saying like maybe they can do maybe a fight between him and Alexander Volkanovsky or something like that, even though the UFC will never do that. Nah, the UFC hates cross promotion because they, they it's they too much it. of a risk for the UFC. Yeah. But with AJ, AJ says, look, I'm the best 145er ever. One FC, Bellator, UFC, doesn't matter. I'll fight. I'll put up my one million, which he got for winning the Grand Prix, or $1 million, um, and I'll put it up against anyone. Um, 
which is cool to see. You know, yeah. like this, this is a guy that is very young, you know. He's still got a lot of room to grow and things like that. He's, he's, he's super, super young. So Bellator's got a massive start. I mean, he was already a massive start beforehand, but he's huge now. Absolutely massive. And with Pitbull, Pitbull wants to rematch him at 155. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he about that because you lost in the, literally the first round, got caught with the head kick. So I can see why he would be a little bit mad, you know, and he kind of protested the uh, the submission in the end because he he, he didn't tap, mm. and AJ saying he's out, he's out. I'm like mm, okay, and then Patricio looked like he still had a little bit left in him before he went down. But either way, I can definitely see the rematch happening. However, mm. also uh, hopefully, Bell, this is uh, this is good for Bell, this is good for Bellator because now it's their their what's it called? They're bringing a lot of. Uh, Hype into the organization, but one thing I'm really um, proud of is the fact they gave these they gave the winner one million dollars. That's yeah. so much more than a lot of you high ranking UFC uh, fighters get. This is just for winning a main a main event, you know. Uh, I mean, I would guess the champions get close to that since they you don't you get their disclosed earnings from yeah. when they fight, but you don't get their like usually they get the pay per view stuff. Yeah, they know Conor McGregor and getting absolutely massive paydays that way, but. One million dollars is good. Yeah, that, that's that's dollars. solid to get that every time, and then that's guaranteed if you win. That's solid, especially when you're not in the highest watched uh, mixed martial arts uh, organization. No, typically it's the hardcores that would watch the other ones like Bellator, and then yeah. the Asian fans watch the the One FC and things mm. like that. Um, but they've got a massive star in their hands. I I would love to see that rematch at at um. At one one fifty five, but yeah. McKee's really good at featherweight. You could even you could argue he could just stay at, at there and defend his title. You know he's really good. Dude, he's he was born in nineteen ninety five. That's three years older than us. Wow, he's twenty six years old, yeah. right? And and what? He's featherweight champion in, in Bellator, undefeated, eighteen and zero. That's commendable. So it's so cool, and especially to see. A submission artist, mm. um, you know, becoming a a big star as well in Bellator It's very cool. I love to see that. What was happening in the in between um, Rumble and uh, Yoel Romero? I don't know what's going on with Romero because I know the I know the fight was pulled. Romero's eye, yeah. So Izzy actually called it. Izzy was actually. Um, know, at their face off, Izzy was looking at uh, Yo Romero, and he and he went something wrong with his eye. I don't know what, but there's there's something going on with his eye, right? And um, and later on at Bellator, they call him for his eye. There's some issue with his left eye, so it looks like maybe he'll go for surgery or something for his eye. Um, he still might be in the Grand Prix. Um, he's just sorting some things out, but with Anthony Johnson, uh, he's going to be fighting. Um, uh, Vadim Nemkov, he's going to be fighting him in the uh, in the Grand Prix instead. Oh. So that's a very cool fight. I mean, Anthony Johnson against Vadim Nemkov—that's insane. That's incredible. So I, I'd love to see that. Love to see that fight. It's amazing. Um, what we've got next weekend is is UFC two sixty five. Um, belt of a card, honestly. Derek Lewis versus Cyril Garn for the interim heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. Um, who's your take in this? Well, <laughs> hear me out. So, Garn is 
a phenomenal, phenomenal fighter, and he's in, he's rose and risen very quickly. He's quick. He's got hands. He's so fast for a heavyweight, and he's very technical. He's patient, especially for someone who's very young. So it only makes sense if Derek's gonna win. <laughs> I'm you've sorry. Been see, you've been seeing that post, haven't you? I've been seeing that post about a hundred times because we know that Derek Lewis is two things. He's got hot balls, and he's the best worst fighter ever. <laughs> That's what they call him. So only makes sense if he wins. <laughs> only makes sense if he wins. Uh, well, this I'm a big fan of Derek Lewis. I know. I think Suragan is gonna. Um, is, I think it's going to win one of two ways. I feel like Surugan is going to just piece him up, use his jab, use his footwork, work around him, you know, use his distance because there's a big significant dis, uh, size, uh, pardon me, difference between the two. And if he can keep that going for four, five rounds, all cool because we know Derek Lewis hates five rounds. Mm. Or Derek Lewis just puts him away in the third round with one dynamite punch. Yeah, that's the thing. So he doesn't like to go to five rounds. Like he, he, he essentially, he never has. No, never. Yeah. He's never gone to the fifth round. He's openly stated, "I do not like five rounds." No, um, I mean, obviously, he's on a four-fight win streak. Two of his by TKO in the second round, mm-hmm. and those other two, Aliyah, uh, Aliyah Latifi, and Blagoy Ivanov. That's by decision. So and that's only gone to the third round. So this will, this would essentially, if Gar was able to drag drag Lewis out to the fifth round, mm-hmm. that's really testing Lewis's cardio. Yeah, because as we know, he doesn't always have the best cardio. <laughs> um, he's been a lot better now because he fixed his lower back and that they made it able for him to like run and things like that. Although mm-hmm. he notoriously says I fucking hate that shit, but he got a bit lucky yeah. in the last fight as well. Uh, it was it was interesting. I think, I think with Curtis Blades, he just Curtis just zigged when he should have zagged, and that's just how yeah. it went. And to be honest, I I don't know why he he went for the double leg takedown on that side. To be yeah. honest, there might have been a particular reason, but that uppercut was just waiting to happen. And yeah. I, and I th- and Lewis himself said he knew that was going to happen, and he just drilled it over and over and over. And that's Lewis has just got that crack of power. Gone, crack crack of power. Um, he's just technically so sound on the feet. All right, Lewis isn't really going to take Garn down. We don't have to really worry about that so much. Garn is very good on the feet. He's very good with his takedown defense. And if he really wants to, he can wrestle as well. He really can offensively wrestle. So, look, Garn's the better overall overall fighter, uh, despite having less experience than Lewis in the first case. But I have to take Garn in this fight. Mm. I think it's by decision. I think he drags Lewis into deep water. I think he keeps his distance and he's smart and he he's he's intelligent. I think I think he's just he's a better he's just the better fighter. And I really think if Garn's just continues to be smart and and technically sound, technique will beat will beat that monstrous power that Lewis has. You yeah. know what I mean? Which is and then again. That's good that we disagree because we disagreed on the um, Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis. So I think it's, I feel like we both. I'm glad we both got different opinions. Hopefully, one you know one of us is right for sure. I just still think Lewis is just gonna pull out that crafty knockout. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. I just, I just, I don't know. It's just, he's just very, very unpredictable. And that's the sport of MMA. That's why we love it so much because how unpredictable it can be. Oh, I picked him against Volkov. Yeah. There's no, he was going to lose that fight. Yeah. But he beat him. Yeah. So, uh, well, I, I think on that fight. I think what's going to happen also is Lewis is going to be like, fuck, how many rounds am I fighting? Shit, okay. I've got to put him away. I reckon that second round is going to be deadly. I reckon that second round is where Lewis that is going to try. That first round is going to be deadly. Yeah, correct. Because heavyweights don't like really like to go the distance. Gone is one of the very, very few heavyweights that likes to go the distance. But he, he, the way he moves is just, yeah, it's just set up for that. Yeah, it's just set up for that perfectly. That's his style. So you picking Lewis in this? Yeah, I'm picking Lewis. What Either round? a first round or a second. No, no, round you, no, no, you can't say or. You can't say or. Oh, okay. Mm, yeah, mm. Okay, I'm gonna say second round knockout then. Okay, good. And then, um, but. Uh, then here's another thing I think is going to happen. Lewis is going to do it, and then he's going to find a photo of Garn knocked out, and he's going to be like, he's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Garn, I think, is going to beat him by unanimous decision. Mm. I think so. That would be my second guess, but just going to go with Lewis for the first one. Uh, so one of the greatest featherweight champions ever, Jose Aldo, he's going to be uh, continuing his... His battle at bantamweight against Pedro Munoz. I don't know about this fight. It's uh. very, it's very confusing. Oh, also, Jose Aldo, very confusing because he looks so old. Yeah, but he's not. He's thirty-four years old. He's not an old guy, but he doesn't look good. He's been in so many wars, and despite that, I'm still picking him in this fight. I think the amount of experience he's collected and how fast and powerful he is, damn, he's good. He is so good. And he, he's, he's well-rounded. I think he's doing... I don't know if he's he's at his best. I, I can't imagine he's at his best. I think him um, in the early UFC days uh, at featherweight, I think that was his best. But at bantamweight, he's, he's looking good. He's looking good. It's like a, a big turnaround for him. And like a resurgence in his in his career a little bit. He's had arguably he's had very good other than that Peter Yarn, um that Peter Yarn loss, I think he's done very well. Like he fought Alexander Volkanovsky, current champion. Uh split decision to Marlon Marais. Probably could have won that, to be honest. I think he yeah. beat, I think he bought he beat Marais. So look Yeah, a lot of people argue that he did. Yeah, I, I think he's damn good. I think it's I think he looks He's a he's very weird to look at because sometimes when you see someone doing drastic weight cuts, they look horrible. Like TJ's at one at one twenty five, mm-hmm. disgusting. But you look at Aldo, and you're like, ah, he always looks terrible. Yeah. So I don't know, I don't know what to make of this new cut to bantamweight. Mm. I don't well, really he's, know. He's a jacked featherweight. Yeah, like, he's, he's huge. so fucking jacked. We talked about it when he fought Pewter Yarn. How yeah, for how amped up he looked, but uh, he's not had the best run at bantamweight, truth be told, because he's lost to Marlon Morales, he's lost to Pure Yarn, and he didn't have the. And he's, ever since he lost to Conor McGregor, he won against Frank Yeager, and then he lost twice to Holloway, then he won a couple of times, and he lost to Alexander. Beat Jeremy Stevens and all that. Yeah. yeah. So. But, like, when you look at who he's lost to Conor McGregor, Max Holloway, yeah. Volkanovsky, the best of the best, Yarn. Marias. Mm. I mean, 
Marais was going to be a title contender. I think he beat him, to be honest. Yeah, we all agree with Pity that. Pity on, current bantamweight champion. Alexander Vos- Volkanovski, current uh, featherweight champion. Max mm-hmm. Holloway, ex-featherweight champion, most likely one of the best featherweight champions ever, right? So, like, probably, in my opinion, probably tied with, with Volkanovski for best featherweight champion ever. So, just uh, I, I think his level of experience is just is so high. Yeah. Here's the thing about Jose Aldo as well. It's just his, his achievements are so overlooked. Mm. Before Conor McGregor, when he lost to him in 2015, he was unbeaten for a decade, you know, for over a decade, literally. And he had some big names in his on his R. Uh, he had some unbelievable fights, and I just feel like it's going to... Uh, I just feel like he gets completely overlooked because he lost in the first six, 13 seconds against Conor McGregor and then he just never fully recovered from there. He never like, really got, got the ball going, you know what I mean? Because he's got seven losses. Five of them that she came after uh, McGregor. Mm. So it's just it's hard. It's a hard one to pick. However, that being said, when I watched him against Marlon Berra, I thought that was a return of the old Jose Aldo. Mm. He looked really, really good against Marlon Berra, but it's sharp. Yeah, but it's Marlon Berra, you know, it's he's not a top ten fighter. He wasn't a top ten no. fighter at the time. So Pedro Muniz, that he is ranked currently in um Number nine. Uh, sorry. Um, number nine in the bantamweight division. Number nine in the bantamweight division. Yeah. yeah. Jose, Jose, I think, is around number, number six five. or seven. Oh, five. Okay. Yeah. So, how I see it is they're kind of just trying to get a win in there for for Jose. You know what I mean? I feel like they're trying to build his resume back up a little bit. It's time to be a little bit more careful because here's the thing. Bantamweight is unbelievably sharp water infested right now because... Jose Aldo's fifth, right? You got Corison Hagen and Dillashaw who just fought for Rob Font, who's just fought Cody Garbrandt. So he's not gonna. F- and here's what here's the reason why. I don't think Jose is gonna fight Marlon Morales again. I don't think he's gonna fight Frankie Edgar again. So let's give him the next one down. Let's give him Med, uh, Pedro, because I don't see the chances of Jose Aldo and Cody Garbrandt fighting anytime soon. Maybe, maybe not. I, honestly, I think it's a good matchup. That is, a good, it could the, be a good they're matchup. The, they're the same age. Mm. They're almost the same height. Um, and I, I th- Aldo's got a slight reach advantage, just like a, a, de- a decent a reach advantage over Munoz. Munoz tends to have a little bit shorter arms and things like that and have to get close and in the pocket. But um, I have to take Aldo in this fight. He's, you know, he's, he's very well-rounded. He always has the Brazilian jiu-jitsu background in order to, um, if he ever needs to be, but he loves to stand on the feet. He loves that classic Muay Thai. Um, stance where he brutally smashes people with kicks, yeah. and he goes in for the kill every time. He loves that left hand body body rip to the to the solar plexus, and he'll he'll break you down. He'll break you down with that forward pressure. Um, Munho is very good. He's a calculated guy. Um, lost to Frankie Edgar, but some people argue he could have won that. I th- I think Pedro won that, but it, but, but it was it was very close. Yeah. It was very close. And if he can go to toe-to-toe with Frankie at bantamweight, um, it, you know, that's that's significant for, you know, how well he'll last in later rounds as well. 
And, even and it's not that Minhos isn't isn't good on the ground as well. He loves that guillotine choke. Like I think he's got about six or seven wins um, in in M- his MMA record professionally that are all guillotine. He's very very good. Yeah. Um, I just think Aldo's better. I think he's way better on the feet. More better, more experienced. More experienced. He's got everything under his belt. It's just the only thing about experience is experience is great in other sports. Like if you've experienced like being in the NBA for ten years and then you go you play against other like maybe college athletes or something like that, like you've experienced so much better competition than them, right? That you should be able to hang with pretty tough competition, but not the very best, right? Anything combat related, it's a double edged sword. Getting experience is great, but Aldo has been in so many fights, right? You have to question how much he wants it since he's already been the featherweight champion before and how much damage he's accumulated. Mm. You know, that that's it's brutal. He's it's definitely brutal accumulated sport. a lot though, that's for sure. It's and just whether or not it's over. And I see why they're putting the two of them together because Pedro Munoz, and he, d- he does have a bit of a similar style to... Jose Aldo, mm. it's like chopping up those leg kicks and using your range and, mm. you know, using your, uh, gra- uh, switching up the ground game, you know, slowing your opponent down, and that's quite common these days. So I understand because in his last fight against Jimmy Rivera, those two literally came out kicking each other, and like trading calf kicks, trading leg kicks constantly. So I feel like that's kind of why they put them up against Jose Aldo, who's known brutally for his leg kicks. Like uh, his leg against your right favor. Yeah, go go go! You can go Google that, guys, because I don't really want to get too much into that. But the thing is, I don't see any of these two knocking each other out. I think this is going to go to decision. I feel like this could be a split decision to Aldo. I think it'll be a unanimous decision to Aldo. Mm. I think so. Um, Marco Chiesa versus Vicente Luque. Very interesting fight, welterweight division-wise, because, you know, there's... a there's, I mean, that top five in the welterweight division, they've most likely fought Kamara Usman, and they've been dominated. Like, Leon Edwards and, and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, right? Those ones are your, your exceptions, where Leon, you know, he's fought Kamara in the past, but he should get a rematch at some point in the future. And Wonderboy... You know, after losing to Gilbert Burns, he's still a few steps away from getting to the title fight. Marco Chiesta has already been on Kamari Usman's and his manager's radar. If he's to get a win against Vicente Luque, you know, growing more and more so, it's more about your performances and less about your ranking. You know, the rankings that only work so much, the rankings are starting to not, not matter. Starting not to really matter, you know. You can you can be number ten and have a rematch, and you can have a you can have a title fight. You just you're just the number tenth contender. If that might mean that you're still up there on the table. If you are an inter- interesting fight, and I think either Kiesa Vicente Luque are an interesting fight. Um, well, the reason why they're an uh, interesting fight is because both of them are so fucking deadly on the ground. Mm. Michael Kiesa. He's got so many wins by submission, you know, and everyone loves him for his story. Like, uh, he was the guy, pardon me, whose dad died whilst he was on The Ultimate Fighter. Didn't leave the show, kept going, still won, had the fairy tale story. I don't think Michael Hess has also ever fought for the title. No. 
Never. He's never had a title shot. And not even that, he's 33 now, so he's in his prime. He He's on a four-fight win streak. He looked amazing against Neil Magny, which he won by unanimous decision. You know, he's got submission over win over Carlos Condat with a Kimura in the second round. And he's got two unanimous decision wins over... Diego Sanchez and Rafael de Santos. And Rafael de Santos is a former champion. So, I want... I'll, but the thing is, I like Vicente Luque as well. Because Vicente Luque, he is known as a silent assassin. And he's got on a three-fight win streak. He's got seven losses. He's been in the UFC for quite some time now. Um, he has been in the UFC since... Eight, uh, since he won the finale as well, which was in... Yeah, he was off our, uh, Ultimate Fighter Different Series as well. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, with Michael Chiesa, I, I, I would pick Michael Chiesa in this fight. I just feel like his resume speaks for itself. He's, he's very, very good on the ground. Um, after moving from lightweight to welterweight, it's just it's been a huge change. I know that... Uh, it's just it, it is a very interesting matchup between contenders. I just rate Kies's wins over Rafael de Santos, and um, who was also you know close to being a world you know a very top welterweight contender and also an ex lightweight champion. I just rate it more than uh, Vicente Luque. However, Vicente Luque on the feet, he's he's an interesting matchup. You know, he's got he's quite tall, lanky arms. He's got good movement and head movement. Um, Good pressure as well. I, I think it's it's very interesting. Kiesa, Kiesa is going to be a very interesting matchup for Luke in terms of on the ground. And Luke is a very interesting matchup for Kiesa on the feet. I um I, I just I just rate Kiesa's Kiesa right now. Luke is a bit young. He's, he's yeah. 29 years old. Kiesa's been around for a long period of time. Yeah. Also he, coming off the Ultimate Fighter. And I just think this is his time. He's 33. Whenever is he going to get another title shot? Yeah. You know, he's never fought for one. So I take Kiesa in this. And I take... I take maybe... A, a, a decision or submission? I take a decision, unanimous decision. I take it by split decision. I just feel like Kies is going to, he's going to do well, but I feel like there's going to be moments where Vicente Luque nearly has him, you know what I mean? He's very crafty like that. Like uh, he takes stand-up, it goes against stand-up really, really well. Like when he fought Tyron Woodley, mm. Tyron Woodley came out exploding at him and then Vicente was so calm, just got around him. Got him into, um, I just got him into a, uh, got him to the ground and just got him in that dust or barbo, um, barbo choke. So mm. I can definitely see that happen. So I feel like it's going to go the distance to five rounds because I don't feel like any of them are going to want to train hands that much to lose reputation. Mm. But I do see it going the distance for sure. Yeah, I think it will go the distance. I think. Luke obviously got the advantage on the feet. Kiesa got the advantage on the ground. Kiesa's got a bit more experience. Luke, um, not seeing any numbers, but I think Luke's a bit taller and got lankier arms. So I I just rate I just rate Kiesa's experience and resume a little bit more than uh, Luke's. And I think I think this is his one time to to really shine. Um, yeah, I think Kiesa unanimous decision. 
Um, another interesting fight that's coming up is uh, Song Yudong. Um, he's been fighting un- under Uriah Faber's team at Team Alpha Male. Um, interesting, interesting guy. You know, coming from um, from China, he's yeah. twenty three years old in the. In he's got such a good resume UFC. though for twenty three years old. Mm. They make them fight a little bit earlier on than they do in the states and in and in, in Australia. So in Australia, you can't fight pro until you're about eighteen years old. I think if mm. you're sixteen or seventeen, um, it's very difficult for you to get a pro fight. Very difficult. I think in I think in America and in Hawaii and things like that, it's a bit easier because I think Max Holloway he must have had his first fight when he was fifteen or sixteen or something yeah. like that. So. It's a little bit easier, um, but obviously China having a massive background in martial arts for a long period of time, and they like to, I don't know, bend the rules a little bit. It, it's it makes sense why um, he's got such a big resume at such a young age. Yeah, well, one thing we know for sure about Song Yudong is that we believe that he kind of won his fight against Kyla Phillips. We, we talked did. about it. We thought, thought he, he did. did. So he's. Very quick, very explosive as well. He's been very knowledgeable for someone so young. He beat Marlon Vera as well, and he had a draw to Cody Stammen, and, you know, I kind of still think he might have won that fight as well. But he's got, again, some lots of wins. He's got his on him. He was on a uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven fight winning streak before that. Again, the kid's only 23. So if he wins against... Uh, Casey Kenny, I reckon that's another good feather in his cap for him to like rise up uh, in the race. But and you know now he's under Uriah Faber, so he's got Timmy Alfamo in his camp. I do see Song winning, but I don't see him winning by knockout or submission. I feel like I, this is going to go the distance. This one, just because how tough Casey Kenny is and how Casey Kenny himself has a good resume. Mm. Um, I don't know because I think Song Yudong is young. He's he's explosive. He's he's fast. You know, coming from that Sander background. Actually, I'm going to take Kenny in this. I think Casey is is very good on the feet, and uh, he's got his team have got solid game plans. You know, when I saw him fight against um, Dominic Cruz, I thought Dominic Cruz was you know was winning that fight, but not by a lot. Like Kenny was doing really well. You know, Kenny and his team knew that Dominic Cruz, he's like otherworldly on the feet, but, you know, as the w- rounds go on and the accumulation of damage mm-hmm. uh, continues with the with his legs and that movement stops, he mm-hmm. looks average. You know, he looks human. Yeah. So I think Kenny will be able to... I think Kenny will beat Song Yudong. I think he will actually knock him out. The only difference between the two is Song has uh, two more losses than Casey. So that in terms of matchup, it's very even. Both coming off a loss, both coming off a recent streak, both got really great camps. The only another difference is Casey Kenny's like six years older than uh, Song. Sorry, Song's twenty three. Sorry, uh, and Casey's thirty, so seven years older. So really, I feel like where it comes into play is. Ma- not is not fight experience, but martial arts experience. Because Casey Kenny's older, I'm guessing he's must have been practicing for a lot more longer. Hope and then, so I feel like he might have some skills that Song's not seen before. Um, either way, I still f- firmly stand by the idea that this is going to go to the decision. I can't see a knockout or a submission in this one. 
past. Yeah, I mean, it's not that Song Yudong hasn't been fighting for a long period of time. It's just he is a young, he's a younger guy, and yeah. and that just there's also just a experience with life in general. But I mean, Yudong's been eight years; he's been active, right? Mm-hmm. And he's twenty three. Like he, he, you know, he's been active for a considerable amount of time, right? Kenny, I just I just saw something in that Dominic Cruz fight, and he's just a dog. Mm-hmm. He's just got that dog mentality, and he's just. He can grind through where, and I think this is going to be such a close fight, mm-hmm. like a real close matchup. It's just I think Kenny's a dog inside, and I think um, I, I think he could knock out Song Yudong. I think it can be done. I think Kenny is able to grind out, and he's you know he he's very he's very good himself. You know he's got a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, black belt in Judo. Mm. You know he's well rounded himself. Yeah. Do you reckon it'll be a knock? If you reckon it'll be a knockout or a submission, do you reckon it'll be in the later rounds? Because I, I could see maybe the second round. Yeah, I, I was going to say Song was going to come out firing right out the gate. Mm. Uh, and that's what he did in that last fight, and that's why I thought that he beat Carla Phillips as well. But, pardon me, yeah, there's going to be a knockout submission. I still firmly stand by the decision. It's going to. I feel like it's going to be in those later rounds. And you think uh, Song? Yeah. Yeah, I reckon, but. I still firmly feel like Son's probably going to get that decision. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just, I just feel like Kenny's just his stand up is 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 solid, and I think he will just have to create space for himself in particular moments, but it will be mainly to create space so he can he can wreck Song Song Yudong's legs, um, because with that Sanders style movement is so important, moving on the ball of your toes. I think if Kenny can go out there, even mix in a few calf kicks, go low, go high, and just and if Kenny can just mix it up like he did in the Dominic Cruz fight, I think he'll beat Song Yudong. I think Kenny's underrated because of how well he did against Dominic Cruz. Yeah, and I think Song Yudong's underrated because you know he he had a draw to Cody Stammen. Stammen is now number fifteen in the rankings. Mm-hmm. He beat Marlon Marais and Marlon, so not Marlon Marais, um, Marlon, Vera. Marlon Vera. And Marlon Vera is number 13 or 14 mm. in the ranking. So, like, Song Yudong's top 15 material. Yeah. I just think Kenny is too. And it's just, it's so close. I just think Kenny's better on the feet. Mm. And I think he's also got the judo and the Brazilian jiu jitsu on, on his side. Whereas Song Yudong, he'll be ba- building that wrestling base at Alpha Male. It's just whether or not he's got enough time and experience. I just think at 23 years old, he just doesn't have that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we got the Dream Wrestlers matchup. Yeah, exactly. Massive. This, this is Justin Gagey versus Michael Chandler. This is what everyone's been waiting for for years. Mm. Not years, but this one's everyone's been waiting for ever since Chandler first came into the UFC. Mm. And I don't get why they didn't do this fight earlier. I don't understand why. I know Poirier chose to... I know Poirier chose to fight McGregor and Reem in the trilogy. However, I thought it would just been better if he fought Oliveira for the title. Mm. And because Gagey was... Because when Chandler came into the UFC and he won against Dan Hooker and then immediately get, he got fight to book, fight booked to fight Charles Oliveira, everyone was pissed off because everyone was like, where's Gagey? Where's Gagey coming to the mix? Because he had that one loss to Khabib. So everyone was like saying a little bit irritated that Chandler got to go over Gagey to fight Oliveira. So this is why this matchup needs to happen. And it's mostly because of the similar styles, the height, and 
the backgrounds of both of those men, both are like you know the American wrestling machines, and uh, both are. Don't like to make the f- make sure the fight goes to decision. So don't like to make sure that both don't like to make sure that the fight goes to decision, and both like to use their rest. Uh, well, Gagey never uses wrestling ability ever. Defensively, has, yeah, defensively, he's had zero takedown attempts, zero. So that's why I feel like everything's going to switch up now between the, now that Ka- he's fighting Chandler. Mm. I feel like he's fi- fighting a version of a version of himself. I think. So, Michael Chandler and Justin Gaethje, very similar similar fighters, very similar. Except, you know, they've they've they had uh, championship belts in either in different uh, in different um, organizations, organizations, right? And then came later came to the UFC later in their career. They're similar in stature, mm-hmm. you know, and they've got similar game plans. Except, you know, Chandler, he accepts. That he has power, mm-hmm. but he uses his wrestling to benefit him. Justin Gaethje accepts he has power, but he would rather do calculated firefights with with suspected uh, reckless and band in endangerment. But like, it's more that he just is able to move back and forth. It's just he's so much. He's better weaponized, right? With Trevor Whitman, mm-hmm. he really is. Yeah, and Trevor uh, he's Whitman do, he's, was he's probably the biggest thing. Sorry, the biggest influence him, and probably the best thing he ever did. Definitely well. something that elevated Justin KG's like fighting career for sure, and the way he like handles these firefights. It's just I gotta say, Chandler. Chandler, he just uses his wrestling, mm-hmm. both offensively and defensively, and I think. I think Gaethje has more power than Chandler, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I really think both of them are very powerful guys. But yeah. Cha- I think Gaethje marginally beats Chandler yeah. with power, right? But but Gaethje will not wrestle. Yeah. He will only do it defensively, and I think that's his downfall. He, yeah. You know, he always wants to put on... He would, he would rather lose and put on an absolute crazy fight yeah. rather than... Win, yeah, right. So it's good that you put that up because yeah. he's such a strong risk taker. He's not afraid to throw hands. I mean, Gagey has. I think he holds the record for the most significant perform. So he holds the record for most performance of the night bonuses in a row. Yes, and he's the most violent fighter. I don't think uh, to me it doesn't really matter who wins. I like both of them a lot. Mm. I don't, it doesn't matter who wins. Just I feel like what matters to everyone is is it's the most exciting fight. Yeah. Um, in, in terms a while. of Star Wars, I, I think they're right. Why not? I mean, it will come on two sixty eight. Now, I believe two sixty eight is also when they're booking Kamara Usman versus Cobb Compton. Yes. Yeah. Are. There you go. November six. So it'll be an absolute crazy crack of a card, and yeah. the main event and co-main event will deliver for sure. It's just I want to take Gaethje in this fight, honestly. Yeah. Um, because he has. Crazy power, yeah. honestly, it's mad, and and so does Chandler. To be fair, I think the best thing for Gaethje right now is to be like Chandler. Yeah, he needs to accept that he's got this wrestling pedigree, and he should use it. He's got all this wrestling experience, and and you know this ability. He's very good. Why not use it? I think he needs to use it against Chandler. And I think we never really get to see Gaethje's wrestling. 
and hardly even defensively. We saw a little bit in the Habib fight, and that kind of tied them out, to be honest, a little bit. Mm-hmm. But with 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 Chandler, he's probably going to be forced to wrestle, and it'll be interesting to see how good Gaethje's wrestling actually is defensively. Yeah. So I think Chandler's going to put the pressure on Gaethje a lot. And I think it was just up to Gaethje whether or not he evolves into a new a, a better fighter. Yeah. Because if he can get past Chandler, that's another title fight up for grabs or even like another fight. Maybe a fight against Conor McGregor since he's already got... Yeah. He's he's called out Conor before and and implied that he's like... Didn't even imply actually. He just said you're a terrible father. But he's got the, he's got the beef there to sell a lot of fights out there. So... This is a make or break fight for both of their careers, yeah, to be that's honest. that's why. He's just, I feel like if Chandler loses this one to Gagey, they're going to give him what he did, did with the Ben Askin treatment, you know what I mean? Where Throw him another hard fucking fight. Yeah, throw him another hard fight after that, then Chandler's going to uh, has you know, he steps away from competition because Chandler's 36. Uh, Hold on, 35, I think. Yeah. Hold on. I think so, off the yeah. top of my head. And like he said, he's not here for a long time. He's here for a good time. So, yeah. I mean, both stand-up guys, both very nice guys. Uh, Thirty-five, yeah, correct. Thirty-five, yeah. So, I mean, Chandler's, a, in terms of who he is as a person, is a phenomenal. He's a great dude. Everyone loves him. A good role model. He's now started um, his broadcasting career for the UFC as well. He started mm-hmm. a few two weeks ago. Oh, good. Started thing. as a broadcasting um, agent then. Like he's he's. Very well spoken. He's yeah. a really good ambassador. He's very role. humble too. Yeah, very good ambassador of the sport, and he's he's well spoken and articulate. Um, he's got Dana White privilege too, so that's another one. <laughs> true. And um, I I just think AG he's just if he can evolve, and with the help of Trevor Whitman, who's a huge like. I mean, not that Henry Hooft isn't an amazing coach either, but Trevor Whitman is so good with game plans. He's so good. Uh, mm making intelligent game plans and, and especially with footwork and things like that. I think Gaethje beats Chandler and I think he knocks out Chandler. Mm. I think so. For sure. Yeah. I think it's going to be the other way around. Other way around? Yeah. Chandler knocks out Gaethje? I reckon either Chandler's going to uh, perhaps submit Gaethje mm. or win by decision. Right. I think that there's just going to be a war. Um, I just... Hope they trade. That's all we care about because everyone's going to be really let down if they don't trade. Yeah, and I think they will. Gaethje will make it happen. Michael Chandler will make it happen. Yeah, because considering Gaethje is the most violent fighter ever in the lower division, the only person I can see making it a non-violent fight is Chandler and going for a, like a blast double leg, and then Gaethje is forced to show his defensive wrestling. That's yeah. why I really want to see how well Gaethje defends the takedown. Because he was, you know, we saw what he could do against Habib and things like that. I want to see how well he can do against Chandler. So yeah, yeah. So you're saying Gaethje? I'm saying Gaethje by knockout. I'm saying Chandler by knockout. Okay. okay. Once the fight comes a little bit closer, we're going to do a little bit more. We'll do a proper stuff. analysis. But it. but I think Gaethje knocks out Chandler. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right, guys. Thank you very much for for watching uh, number eighty f- episode number eighty five. It's, it's weird it's that we've made that many so far. Yeah, it's We've been wild. We're just getting warmed up too. Exactly. We still got so much more coming. Uh, so many more people mm-hmm. that we want to talk to. So many more interviews, and eventually we're going to start getting into more into in-person interviews as well at some point. Yeah, exactly. So uh, thanks for sticking with us, guys. 
If you can support the podcast, make sure you follow, like, subscribe, turn on the notification bell, follow our links, and uh, yeah. Yeah. All, all good. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Take care.